Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast, episode number 256. Steel Magnolias is our movie this time around. Uh, very, very quickly, uh, we spoil the movies we talk about. We're a spoiler podcast, so just be aware. Once we talk movies, we just kind of everything just flows from there so we don't really hold back all that much we just talk so Mm -hmm. we may say something that you don't want to hear if you haven't seen a movie yet um but we do try to be you know we we pause for just a second and and whatnot but just be aware we're gonna we're gonna talk freely and not worry about it if you haven't left us a review on itunes or your favorite podcast uh, app or wherever you get your podcast please feel free and go and do that uh if you want to right now i think for another week we are still a feature featured uh, podcast where you can get bonus points if you use PodCoin. Uh, so if you go to PodCoin and look up the 30-something movie podcast and then listen to our podcast on there, you'll get double the points, I think, for about another week or so. I think it's like a two-week period that we are on there as a bonus podcast when you first kind of sign up for it. So if you want to do that, go ahead and find us there. We've actually had a lot of new people listening from there, so that's been kind of cool. And then finally, visit our website, 30podcast.com. Uh, that's got all of our past episodes. It's got our uh, where you can vote. You can go to 30podcast.com slash vote or go to the voting page to take a look at our movies, our potential movies for 1990. And that voting uh, form is up. So if you want to go vote for movies that you would like to see us or hear us talk about next year in 2020 when we're doing our 1990 slate of movies, then go to our website, 30podcast.com, or go to 30podcast.com slash vote to get to that form. I am joined tonight by the dishwasher, Pat Canigallo. Hey, hey. I only preface that because, you you know, you're washing dishes and we may hear some of the background or... i am washing dishes and that reminds me of episode whatever the heck it was where i was washing dishes and in the middle bazooka's like all right is someone doing the dishes because i can't this isn't and then uh uh i was and then i listened to it and then it was like oh man i'm sorry guys that really is annoying but i'm i'm well i've, I've got the new headphones so hopefully that okay. helps mitigate some of that sound okay all right but you're gonna be now, honest I, with me right you're well, gonna tell I, me Oh, I'll tell you, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, just, just so we keep it family-friendly, last yes. time, I don't know where you had your, your microphone located, there was a lot of heavy breathing at the end of last episode. <laughs> so there was a lot of, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of nostril breath coming into the microphone, so. That's funny. Well, so here's the story. I was really trying not to fall asleep at the end of the last episode. That's kind um, of what I figured. Yeah, so I was like, and because I, I was, I think I was the only guy, yeah, because I, J- Jeff and I like tag-teamed by the yeah, wonders of time and- travel. Um, and so, uh, I was trying to stay awake and like, I was, I was like carrying boxes from one side of the basement to the other to like stay awake. Cause I heard that too. I'm like, Oh shoot, that came through. Um, but yeah, so sorry, listening audience. It was, there was some heavy breathing. I was moving things to try and stay awake. Okay. All right. We just want to keep everything family friendly here. So we're just, <laughs> I'm just making sure. No, very much. It is very much family friendly. All right. Uh, very, very quickly. We're going to head toys. In them. I said the boxes had toys in them. It was okay. very family friendly. That works then. That's fine. 
I, yeah. Right. We're, okay. we're going to jump on into uh, any movie news we've got. Uh, just, I think maybe just a couple things real quick. Um, mm-hmm. You had mentioned, of course, every time we talk, you mentioned the Top Gun trailer. And how many yes. times have you watched it now? Uh, today, at least 50. Okay. 50 times. Okay. It's, um, it keeps getting better. It just nice. keeps getting better. I think this movie, it just, it just keeps getting better and cooler. I'm just saying. Okay. Because then I listened to this, uh, this guy on YouTube that uh, I guess he's a former fighter pilot and he breaks it down and describes everything he sees and everything. And uh, he's talking about it and just like, yeah, this is pretty amazing flying. If, if this is not CGI, this is pretty amazing. So anyways, it, uh, I mean, wow. If they pull out all the stops and, and I know that there's, there's people that were like, Oh, well, there's no way Maverick could be that old. He would have been promoted, you know, and they and, mm-hmm. and like they kind of address it in the trailer. But it's like, guys, I think we're missing the point. If they have real cameras hanging on uh, real airplanes and they're doing some pretty incredible stuff and we get to see it sit in a theater and see it, mm-hmm. then I think I think that then we can kind of give them a pass on Mavericks being a captain at 50. You a know, older, I, think, right. I, 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 I think we can just kind of let that be Hollywood and enjoy the ride. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying here. I'm just ballparking it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I kind of figured, I think I said last time, I kind of figured it's like a, it's kind of a Captain, probably like a Captain Kirk thing. Yeah. It's He doesn't want to be an admiral, you know, he, so he mm-hmm. does things to get himself demoted or yes. whatever. I, that's that's my guess, but. Yeah. Um, no, it looks like fun. Looks like fun. And Jennifer Connelly's in it, so I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't hurt anything either. Nope. You got, you got planes, you got motorcycles, you got her. I know. And you still see he's still got his old original Kawasaki Ninja, and he's got um, he's got the new uh, he's got the new uh, uh, Kawasaki uh, what do they call it the H2. It's supposed to be like one of the most you know fastest. Well, we're building this bike because we can street bikes ever made. So nice. Yeah, th- there's there's a lot of yeah. I'm just it's gonna be a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nora and I, of course, uh, before the start of every school year, I I try to take my kids out. I try to give them each a day. And mm-hmm. we do like a dad and John day and then a dad and Nora day. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. And so on Monday, we, uh, my story goes to when I went out with Nora, but I'll, I'll start with John on Monday. I actually took John to the bears training camp. We'd never gone before. Oh, wow. How was that? It was great. So we drove down to bourbon a and, uh, okay. got up early in the morning, drove down there, uh, got there plenty of time before it started, got seats uh, in the bleachers so we cool. could sit and watch some of the practice. We were really close. We we're like second row in the bleachers. Um, course he's super excited about all this and i had bought him one of those autograph footballs where it's got you know it's like three sides of it are white so that mm-hmm. they can get mm-hmm. autographs on it and uh we got there early enough that he was able to get one of the wristbands so he could get up into like the kids only autographing section oh fun that's and cool so, man. yeah so we're able to do that but there were so many kids there and and mm-hmm. i thought okay he's he is one of the bigger kids like it's you know next year he couldn't go into the kids section you have to be 12 okay. and under okay and, um so i they said, okay, you know, this is kind of your chance. This will be the easiest time for you to try to get some autographs here. And I was kind of thinking when I saw how it was all laid out and how some of the players didn't stop for autographs, I was like, oh, man, he's if he gets one, he'll be lucky because there's so mm-hmm. many other kids here with so many other things. And uh, he ended up getting five. Oh, so, cool. That's, and from some of his favorite players, like he got Khalil Mack. Uh, he got oh, nice. uh, uh, Danny Trevathan. You know, he got a bunch of different people, uh, Roquan Smith. So a bunch of the Bears players stopped by, signed stuff. Um, so it was a lot of fun. So he had a lot of fun with that. Nice. And, uh, then we, we came back after afterwards. And then the next day I took Nora, uh, she wanted to ride the train into the city because normally when we go into the city, we drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, the just, train's can we, awesome. Can we take a train? I said, absolutely. We can take a train. So we got up early, took the train, went to the aquarium, uh, fun. 
and then after we're done with the aquarium, we walked from the aquarium kind of back up towards Millennium Park and towards the Bean statue. And mm -hmm. uh, we ended up looking around. We were like, okay, well, there's some stuff that we could do here. Or there's a showing of the new Lion King movie at 1230 at this theater where you can, you know, you get the food delivered to your seats and everything. Oh, fun. Cool. Uh, so, we chose, so we chose to do that. We went with the Lion King movie and uh, really enjoyed it. I think I interacted with a few people on Twitter and I said, you know what? In terms of like my review, a quick review of the movie is – it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the movie. It does not surpass the original for me. Mm -hmm. like I still like that one better. Uh, I think my criticisms are are similar to other people's that you don't get the same like facial expressions with the mm -hmm. real CGI versus the old cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, I thought some of the singing wasn't as strong as the old cartoon. Okay. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Irons was not Scar. So. Okay. You know, I, everybody who did the voices, they did fine. You know, it was it was all good, but. Uh, there were just a few things that I was like, you know what, I, I like this one. I still like this one, but the old one for me, still better. Yeah. So, But it was fun either way. And and the reason I kind of bring all that up is because one of the trailers we saw was for the one uh, movie you keep telling me about, The Art of Racing in the Rain. So yes. we we're kind of looking forward. Of course, Nora, you know, she kind of leans over. She's like, that looks really good, but it also looks like it might have sad parts. Oh, it has like, sad parts. I was like, okay. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if I want to see that. I said, well, we'll take a look at it. We'll We'll see, you know. We'll decide. You can decide later on if you want to see it or not, or we can watch it at home. Or yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that if it is, I've read the book. Obviously, the movie comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, from when we're we're recording this, the movie has come out a couple weeks ago from when we you are hearing this. However, I've read the book. Tammy's read the book. My folks read the book. They gave recommended to me. My father-in-law read the book. Um, and I'll just say this book will give you in 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 Nora's words, this book will give you all the feels. Mm -hmm. It's it's that's, really that's what I that's the sense I get. Yeah, and it's just, um, it's just such a wonderful story. And again, I highly recommend everyone reads the book. Um, it if you like racing, this book really like has a great understanding of racing. And it, but it's not like a technical manual or like a yearbook. You know, it's just one guy that is trying to be a race car driver, and he will reference various, you know lore or aspects or drivers, uh, uh, you know, about racing. Nice. And, um, the dog is the, is a, his dog Enzo is basically the narrator slash philosopher slash storyteller. Well, that's kind of like the narrator, but mm -hmm. I mean, but the dog is the one driving the story and the dog will relate, uh, situations in life. The dog comments on, the main character, Denny's life and the people that he comes in contact with. And then he'll just comment on human behavior mm -hmm. from a dog's perspective. But many times it relates back to racing in the rain and what it takes to race in the rain. So it ties, it really, it, uh, it really ties the book together in a unique way. Nice. And, um, it's just a really, uh, it's just a really beautiful and, 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 and fun, uh, story. So, I highly recommend it. And I know nice. we were talking before, you know, you said Nora was like it. I, the book, it, it does have some adult scenes in it. So as always, I would just say, please make sure to read it before you have, you know, your kids read it. I mean, even if you stay a chapter ahead, however, the adult, uh, scenes, I don't think they don't come so fast that you're just like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to get through this? Um, it it would be something that I think you would be quite able to just kind of stop and say, okay, well, we're not going to read this next part, but let me just summarize for you what happens, yeah. you know, okay. and go from there. That makes sense. 
But, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see the movie. And actually, at the risk of going a little too long-winded, I just heard that uh, the Wakanda Area Library in October is going to be hosting Garth Stein, the guy that wrote the book, um, with like a myriad of, uh, of events. You know, there's going to be something at the high school where you can go over and listen to him speak. If, oh, nice. you, want to sh- if you want to shell out a little bit more, um, you can kind of meet in a more intimate setting. Um you know, and it includes like hors d'oeuvres and a complimentary beverage with a keepsake glass and uh, a signed hard copy, you know, of the book. And it's, it's, it's very, it's very cool. So, nice. nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so it's, I, we, it's we may check that one out. I, yeah. We may check that one out. I, I don't know if it'll be a theater one if, if the kids are not up for, it's mostly probably going to be Nora. Like I know she's going to be mm-hmm. the most interested in that. But, um, so we may check out the book first and, and then, you know, if we decide to go see it in the theater. Yeah. Well, the book is, like I said, the book is a couple hundred pages. So I don't, it's not like, right. it's not like you're reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, right. you know. And and again, it's it's pretty easy for it to be a page turner and, and all that wonderful stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, before we jump into This Week in 89, did you have any other like new movie news type stuff or, or anything I, else that you'd seen I, lately? I I really think that's it. Um right. Oh, you know what? Something really cool, and it's it's a technical thing. I saw some guy on a website took a, a recording of a modern IndyCar race, one that just happened about a month ago, mm-hmm. and he recorded it with a camera that they used back in the 1960s. Um, it was uh, it was I don't know. I'm not going to say what it, you know, what the kind of camera was, but it was a film it was a film camera that they would use to film like documentary type things back in the 1960s. Yeah, and it really, it made the material so much more compelling, sort of like he filmed it kind of in the, in the mood of, you know, some of those promotional videos you'd see back in the fifties and sixties, you know, it would be like coming down the straight is Mario Andretti. Hey Mm -hmm. everybody, let's wave as Mario goes by these cars feature, you know, like that kind of a narration voice. And, you know, they'd have some of the music and it was almost like shaky camera work and, and, and the quality of it, probably not like, like today's digital cameras and such, but it was interesting because it was like a modern race, but filmed through the lens of something, well, now, what, 50, 60 years old? Mm-hmm. And, and it, really, it really changed how you were watching like these, this contemporary thing. And it, it, was, it was kind of a cool thing just to see how technology can affect, um, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the style of camera, how that can affect how you are seeing things mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and give you like a different feel for it you know so anyways that was not quite movie news but i it was just kind of a cool thing with cameras and and uh, all that that just recently came my way yeah that's cool that's cool all right well let's take a look at this week in 89 let's hop in the delorean and head back about 30 years um because of the nature of kind of when we're recording some of these and and how we kind of got pushed about a week off or so we're already a little bit into august as we're doing this one this is actually our first movie of august but we're already kind of in the second week of august so i've kind of broken these up into like first half of august and then next time uh we'll be talking about last half of august so not necessarily this week in 89 but like this portion of the month uh in 89 so the only thing i had really kind of like news wise was uh on both the second and the 11th of august in 1989, there was a lot of stuff going on in August with the Voyager 2 probe that had been sent out uh, and yeah. was flying by uh, flying by Neptune around this point. And so the uh, the news thing that I had in here was on the 2nd and on the 11th, 
On the 2nd, they discovered more moons of Neptune. And on mm-hmm. the 11th, they discovered some partial rings around Neptune, which I, I guess oh, cool. up to that point, they didn't realize Neptune had rings. All uh, right. And so then I think it was later in the month, which I, I may have that down as one of our things for, for one of our next recordings. Later in the month, they discovered full rings around Neptune. So they got a better oh. picture of it as the as the probe went by and took pictures of the surface and, and things like that. So Cool. Uh, top book was Polar Star by Martin Cruz Smith. Top movie was Parenthood. And the top song was Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. Okay. All right. Are we ready to, ready to talk Steel Magnolias? Steel Magnolias. Are you prepared for this one? Wait, Steel Magnolias? Steel Magnolias. Iron Eagle? Do I see a little resemblance? No, I can't. They can't stretch Maybe. that joke. Maybe a little bit. Would have been cool. Guns yeah, I'm ready to talk about Steel Magnolias, Guns and Roses. We should have done that. We should have done like Steel Magnolias and Guns and Roses in the same episode. You know what? That would have that would have been pretty cool. We could have talked about all of their albums from the 80s and mm-hmm. this movie. I and, I and think, how much they have nothing in common. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a all good right. point. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Steel Magnolias then. Let's do this, it. This one came out on the 22nd of November 1989, rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 57 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Herbert Ross, who died in 2001. He also directed The Secret of My Success and The Turning Point. Was produced by Ray Stark, who died in 2004. He also produced Annie and Murder by Death. Uh, it was written by Robert Harling, who also wrote the play this is based off of. He also wrote The Evening Star and The First Wives Club. Cinematography was done by John A. Alonzo, who died in 2001. He also did The Magnificent Seven and Star Trek Generations. Music was done, done by George Delarue, who died in 1992. He also did Platoon and Twins. I got no information on the budget for this one, but the box office was $95.9 million. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes critics gives it a 70%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 89. IMDb, 73. Letterboxd, 72. And CinemaScore gives it an A. Sally Field plays Malin Eatonton. She was in Forrest Gump and Mrs. Doubtfire. Dolly Parton plays Truby Jones. She was in 9 to 5 and The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Shirley MacLaine played Weezer Boudreaux. She was in The Apartment and Terms of Endearment. Daryl Hannah played Annel. She was in Wall Street and Kill Bill. Olympia Dukakis was Clary Belcher. She was in Moonstruck and Working Girl. Julia Roberts was Shelby. She was in Pretty Woman and the Ocean's Eleven movies. Tom Skerritt was Drum. He was in Alien, Top Gun, and Space Camp. Sam Shepard, who died in 2017, was Spud Jones. He was in Black Hawk Down and The Right Stuff. And Dylan McDermott played Jackson, and he was in The Practice and The Line of Fire. Here we go! I don't want to have to kill you. Don't you threaten me, Drum Eatonton. Drum would never, ever point a gun at a lady. Your husband is a boil on the butt of humanity. TriStar Pictures presents... Well, this is it. You're finally rid of me. Sally Field. I think you'd be back every now and then. Dolly Parton. How's your family? Louie brought his girlfriend home, and the nicest thing I can say about her is all of her tattoos are spelled correctly. I miss Oh, leave me alone. Shirley MacLaine. I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. Daryl Hannah. Mr. I swear to you that my personal tragedy will not interfere with my ability to do good hair. Olympia Dukakis. Looks like two pigs. Like Julia Roberts. I'm gonna make you very happy. I want a child of my own. Your poor body has been through so much. Why would you deliberately do this to yourself? Diabetics have healthy babies all the you time. You are special, Shelby. Time. 
has made them close. Life. She's gonna have a baby. Go get a doctor. Has made them friends. <laughs> Steel Magnolias, the funniest movie that will ever make you cry. Okay, so Steel Magnolias. Um, is this the first time that you had seen this movie? This is the first time that I've seen this movie. Okay. Most certainly. Okay. All right. Most certainly. It was, it was not the first time I had seen it. I, I think I've seen really? this one. This might have been maybe my third time. Okay. Seeing this movie. It was the first time in a while. Now, it had been okay. a little while since I'd seen this one. We had a little bit of a stretch of time, probably back when we were either in high school or college. Uh, my wife and I, I think I mentioned this before, we would go on like little stretches of picking an actor and watching a whole bunch of their movies. Oh, cool. So we would do like for a while, we we did a lot of John Travolta kind of in the mid to late 90s when he had um, everything, everything, you know, Pulp Fiction, Phenomenon, Michael, uh, Mad City, I think was one of them with Dustin Hoffman. So we had this whole stretch of time where we'd watch a whole bunch of his movies. And then um, I think at a different stretch of time, we did a bunch of um, Julia Roberts movies. Okay. Um, and and I, I might have had maybe a little bit of crush on her at that point in time, too. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, she's she's not bad to look at. Let's watch some of her movies. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, so I think that was probably one of the last times I would have watched this was probably would have been late 90s to early 2000s. OK. And then I feel like I had seen bits and pieces of it before that. So I've probably seen this maybe like two and a half times. Okay. In, including this last time that I watched it, you know, just this last week. But yeah, so gotcha. I had seen it before. So this was not a first time viewing for me. You know, I, I knew what to expect. And and that was actually something, again, we're, we're going to just talk freely about the movie. So I'm not even going to say spoiler alert. Um, okay. So that was something where when my wife and I were trying to find a time, like this last week was crazy busy with family coming in unexpectedly and and me taking those couple of days to take the kids out and, and you know, mm -hmm. we Half the time, by the time we got home and got everybody in bed, it was like 11 o'clock at night. We were exhausted. And this is one of those movies where when I asked my wife, I said, here's here's movies we got to watch for the podcast coming up this week. Do you want to watch them with me? And she kept saying, I do. Like, I, I really like that movie. But then it kept getting to a point where she's like, I just I got to be in the mood for that one. Yeah. Like, it's it's sad. And I can't I'm not in the mood for sad right now. So it was kind of a tough one to find if you know what's going to happen. In that movie, it's one of those movies that's like, well, yeah, but I just don't know if I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. like, when you know what's coming, you know, it's like, oh, man, I, Steel Magnolias. OK, great movie. I got to be in the mood for it. I got to be right. prepared emotionally to watch this movie because it's, you know, it is, especially as you get towards the end, it's it's tough. Yeah. So, so that was kind of that was our struggle with knowing what was going to happen. It's like, OK, well, when do we watch this? Do we are we in the mood to watch this now? Yeah. No, I think I might need some comedy to watch it now. Now I need to see some stuff blow up. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of our struggle. But so this being the first time you watched it, did you watch this with your wife? I did not. I did not. We really. Has she we, seen it before? I asked her and I, uh, no, she has not. She's heard of it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, this has like a tour de force of yeah. like actors and actresses in it. I mean, and I was trying to mention the names and I'm like, oh, it was. Oh, and I got like half of them. And then the other ones were like, oh, well, this person from this movie and this person from this movie. Um, but uh, uh, no. So it's it it has been duly noted. And I'm like, Tammy, you really need to see this. But uh, no, I watched this one alone for the first time just a okay. couple days ago. So, OK, OK. So what was your kind of initial takeaway of it? Well, initially, I was kind of like, OK, this is I mean, how do I say this? I was suckered in by the fantastic acting. 
mm-hmm. just like I said, the tour de force of actors and actresses on screen. It's it kind of dragged a little bit for me okay. just because it was kind of just like just a movie about life. And I mean, it. and how do I say that where uh, how about I just say this? I don't know that it's not like a go to kind of movie for me. You know, I, I really I kind of like a little bit more action and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, but I'm not going to say that as like a slight against the movie because that's not what it was intended for. Um, and and like I said, any time that I started to get a little bit like, okay, can can we just have something happen here? One of the actors or actresses or would just have a fantastically funny scene or funny line or yeah. some kind of a compelling thing where it was like, okay, I, I can't look away. This is this is fantastic. You know, this is very dramatic. This is intense. Um, so yeah, I was I was like, man, we talk about ensemble, uh, ensemble. We talk mm-hmm. about ensemble uh, cast movies like Magnificent Seven and 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 all that. But boy, this this sure as heck was an ensemble cast movie. I mean, dear lord, they, I mean, everyone was like, correct me if I'm wrong, but everyone there was like an A-lister, or, you know, had had all of their own movies. So yeah, oh absolutely. So I was I was very um, taken with it, and then the depth of. Uh, uh, the depth of writing too. I mean, sure there were main characters, but you really got in depth with, with all the characters. And uh, do you know what I'm saying? And there was like, there were the, the sub, not subplots. What am I trying to say? But like the sub levels where you had Olympia Dukakis's character and who is the one they couldn't stand? Um, Weezer. Weezer. But it's Shirley not like McLean, yeah, it's not like they couldn't stand her, but uh, you know they they would always tease her a lot, and she was the most eccentric. But then she was also kind of like the one that just kind of kept them all in balance. She kind of saw through a lot of the pomp and circumstance that I. I but see, and, and now I'm going into it. It's like each character had a depth to it, and um, you know Olympia Dukakis's character was you know would play by this the societal rules a little bit more, you know, but. She, she could throw down with the best of them. And, you know, the way that she set up Weezer at the end and talked about how no one liked it, you know, I mean, it was like it just each character had a depth and each, each of the relationships um, had a depth to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, when everyone was together, um, you know, there would be one dynamic. When two of them were together, there was a different dynamic. And I, I mean, I'll compare it to like like our, the group that podcasts. When we're all together, I mean, there's a certain dynamic and we all behave a certain way together. But when there's like two of us talking, well, we might have slightly different conversations because – I don't know what, maybe a couple of us are more into horror movies or a couple of us are more into uh, Star Trek or a couple of us are more into a certain kind of music. Or, do you get what I'm saying? Like like relationships are more complex than, well, we're all in the podcast together and we all talk about movies. And this movie uh, did a really great job of showing just different layers of relationships. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, th- I hope it made sense. I but Yeah. It it really I was taken with with the depth of acting and writing um, in this movie. Yeah, 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 and I think it's one of those um, you know when you see something that's been based on a, a stage play, mm-hmm. like sometimes those those can be kind of hit or miss. But um, you know this one I think I, I've never seen the play, but mm-hmm. uh, this one I I think did a great job and and being able to I think kind of like you said being able to give equal time to these just amazing a-list actresses mm-hmm. 
Um, one of the interesting things I saw when I was looking up a little bit of trivia on this one uh, on IMDb said that the stage play actually has no uh, onstage uh, roles for men. Interesting. So, so if you were to see the stage version of it, it's only the women. Like they might, okay. I, I don't know if there's, you know, if somebody like, if there's a voiceover that comes from, from, you know, offstage of, of one of the male characters or they refer to them by name or, or things like that. But I guess on the stage version, it's only women in that one. So, well, and it all takes place in the beauty parlor, right? Right, right, right. So, so yeah, no, I, this one, um, I would, the first time I remember the first time watching it and just thinking, you know, I, obviously I was a lot younger then, so I, did not have the appreciation for the uh, star-studded cast that this was, but watching it this time, I'm just watching it going, oh man, every single one of these people is like, they would they would each carry their own movie individually. Um, right. And the fact that you've got them packed into this movie. So it made me a little sad as I was looking around at some of the, the other kind of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for this movie that I guess the director was just really horrible to work with. Okay. Uh, everything I read was he just kept yelling at the actresses and telling them that they couldn't act. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, okay. and, and right, I, I guess there were some instances in which um, uh, Julia Roberts was you know, like left crying because he kept telling her she can't act. And, and, you know, there are times in this movie where the, because I know these actresses are not necessarily Southerners, but the, the, the Southern accents they use are a bit of a stretch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having, having been born in the South, but this mm-hmm. is a different part of the South than where I was born. But, um, you know, some of their accents, a little bit of a stretch, but other than that, I, you know, there were a few scenes here and there acting wise where it looked like, you know, maybe they were, it felt maybe a little bit more like stage acting mm-hmm. and, and how some things were exaggerated for the purpose of the way you, you kind of would, if you were on stage versus on a movie. Um, okay. but yeah, no, I mean, this is just an amazing group of people from, from everybody, from the, the male characters, the female characters, um, and just kind of how they handle this kind of moment in life, you know, the as you go through the, the wedding initially, and then kind of the struggle of her, you know, being diabetic, but wanting to have children, and then uh, having a child and kind of the, the trouble that that causes. And yeah, that's you, you get to the end of the movie, and you, you have that scene just that I remember the first time watching this movie, and just like not being able to talk at all during the scene where, you know, she tries to pick up her child and then she kind of collapses back down and then she's struggling to get to the phone uh, Mm -hmm. to call her husband. And then you see that next scene of him coming home and the refrigerator door is open and the spaghetti sauce is bubbling over on the stove. And you're just like, Oh no, (laughs) this is not, no, 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 no. We, I don't want to see what happened here. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, the child is screaming and crying and, yeah, just that hard to hard to watch, even though I knew what was coming and just like this mm-hmm. is that's why you got to be in the mood. If you need have seen this movie before, it's kind of one of those that you just got to be you have to be prepared to be mm-hmm. ready to watch this movie because it's just it's not one of those as much as some of it is the very lighthearted stuff of like people's relationships and the friends that these women are, even though they bicker with each other. Um, it's got that very lighthearted stuff, but it's also got that just heavy gut punch at the end of the movie. Yeah, and you you kind of were like, okay, you know something bad is going to happen because they're not listening to mom with you, you shouldn't be having kids. However, that being said, it really kind of, I don't want to say took me by surprise, but it was like just kind of going along and then, oh, wow, ugh, this mm, this got serious in a hurry. Yeah. I, I And maybe that's, well, I guess in life when 
someone dies unexpectedly and tragically and all that kind of stuff, you know, you, it's not like life. You've had foreshadowings of this all along. So I, I, you know, again, I think this movie just did a great job of capturing life. Um, uh, not life. How do I say it? Capturing a realistic, um, story like, Mm -hmm. you know, about life. But that being said, from a movie perspective, that death scene really does uh, take you by, at least it took me by surprise and it, it, it changed the, the tenor of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there anything, uh, so we've already kind of talked about how we like, you know, this ensemble cast, the, just these amazing actresses that are in this movie. Is there anything about the movie that when you were watching it, you were, and I know you kind of already mentioned it was a, a bit of a slow start for you. It's not your, you know, the typical action, a little bit more action in a movie that you like to have. Was there anything about this movie that you did not like? Was there something that as you're watching it, you're like, that just, that rubs me the wrong way. No, I, well, no, not not that I can remember, because obviously if it rubbed me the wrong way, I would remember it. Um, no, nothing nothing really that rubbed me the wrong way. And as far as as you know, not not liking you know the sitting around and talking and all that, I'm, you know, I was trying to, I'm I'm trying to put my finger on it, and I, I guess I would watch it again because you know you'd see them. The, the actresses were doing such a great job and actress, but I guess, and it's not even a matter of action. Cause you know, for example, here's another movie based on a, on a stage play, um, 12 angry men. Okay. Well, 12 angry men, you know, okay, mm-hmm. chauvinistic, maybe that's why I liked it. But I mean, you know, the, that's basically all talking and I really enjoyed that. So why did I enjoy that so much? And I, I just, you know, like the conversations about, I, I guess it just, for me to get sucked in, it's like, what is the conversation about, you know? Yeah. And that's where I, you know, I'll like it or I won't like it or, 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 you know, something like that. Um, as opposed to just, Oh, I need stuff blowing up in motorcycles. I mean, I know I make fun of myself with that, but mm-hmm. I think that was kind of, and it wasn't that it rubbed me the wrong way. It was just kind of like, I mean, even in life, you know, like sitting down in a room, you know, we'll get together with family. And if everyone's just kind of talking about, well, you know, so-and-so did this and so-and-so is doing this. And, hey, can you believe that, uh, you know, so-and-so has a new haircut or whatever? I mean, it's like I don't quite find that super exciting, you know. Um, so I, I guess that would be the only thing that was just – it just dragged a little bit for me uh, in terms of what it was about – but seeing how they brought it to life, that kept me interested in watching. Mm-hmm. Did, did that make sense, or was that just one big rambling contradiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 that totally makes sense. So yeah, other than that, I can't really think of anything that I really didn't that really rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. Yeah, I, other than and I mentioned it before, other than a couple of times where the and and maybe that's part of the direction. Um, just, there's a couple of moments here and there where I could tell that this was people acting, you know, in a movie like this, I, I expect it. And for the vast majority of the movie, I, I watched this movie thinking these are not actresses. These are real people. And I'm watching what's happening in their lives. There were a couple of times, I think there's a point at time. Was it after she died after, uh, Shelby's after Shelby died, Julie Roberts character, and I think Sally Field is pushing her grandson in a swing mm-hmm. and she makes, and I forget what the line is right before it, but they're, they're talking about something and she says something to the, to the effect that, well, I guess this is how it's meant to be and life goes on or whatever. And just kind of the way, I don't know, just the way she delivers the line, I could tell she was acting. Okay. And it, it took me out for just a second, just enough that I was like, Ugh. 
That was a little mm-hmm. wooden. <laughs> That's okay. a, a little bit of a wooden uh, acting acting bit there, which is a, a total departure from my other thoughts on S- Sally Field in this movie, because she just does an amazing job in the rest of this movie, and, and especially that kind of blow up that she has uh, when Daryl Hannah's character tries to comfort her after mm-hmm. the funeral, and she right. just kind of explodes on her, and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, she's great. And I, no yeah. wonder, no wonder so many of the people in this movie have been either nominated or awarded Academy Awards. Um, right. Right. Know, the acting is great. But so there was only, there were a couple of times like that. A couple of times where either the accent was just, they, they were laying it on so thick, um, you know, for people who didn't typically have that accent, you know, Dolly Parton can't help it. That's just how she talks. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but like Julia Roberts, there were a couple of times where it was like just laying it on so thick that I'm like, okay, that's, that's a bit of a stretch that that kind of sounds like my kids when they try to do an australian accent right Um, now i had thought um you know being from chicago i have a real good understanding of uh, southern accents but uh i had thought julia roberts was from the south do i not have that correct you know i think she is um i'm trying to remember where in the south she was born but i feel like you know i feel like seeing her in other movies mm-hmm. where she's got, where she does not have an accent. Okay. I feel like this, this accent was just a little bit of a stretch. A little bit much. And Dolly Parton mm-hmm. obviously has a Southern accent, right? Oh I yeah. Mean... Yeah. Uh, Julie Roberts born in Georgia. Okay. So, I mean, you kind of expect that she would have an accent, but I don't know. It was just something about, and, and maybe, maybe the accent was totally fine. So if we've got listeners that are from Georgia, maybe it's just, you know, that's a, that's a different Southern accent than the one I'm used to, you know, being from Texas. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a little bit more of that kind of, uh, I don't know what they call the deep South that you get the, the, on the East coast Southern States. Um, you know, so maybe it's, maybe it's just a, an accent that I'm not used to, but Right. Also, I think with a lot of Julia Roberts movies, especially, you know, at, at that time in the mid to late 80s, she wasn't really using a Southern accent in a lot of her other movies. You know, I think in a lot of her other movies, she almost kind of comes across sometimes with more of a New York accent. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of like Mystic Pizza and some of those others. So maybe it's just not having seen her use that Southern accent. Maybe that's her real Southern accent but, that she grew up with, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a couple of times that it, it seemed to me like it was forced, but maybe it wasn't. Got it. Hmm. All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about the movie before we jump into our five questions? Uh, nothing, nothing from me. Okay. I, I thought the, uh, I thought the, the, the title of the movie was great. I mean, if, if, I mean, I assumed it to be, you know, the women were the magnolias and just, they were made of steel because honestly, they were the ones that kind of not only were the driving forces in the script, but they were the ones that really held their families together and fought their way through life. You know, like they weren't getting rescued by anybody. Right. So I was, uh, I thought the movie was very aptly named. Yeah. 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 And hopefully it didn't cause too much confusion with like Iron Eagle or. Yeah. Other. You know, yeah. You know, Hey, I, I do what I can. <laughs> the movie had, the movie had Viper and um, Chuck Yeager in it. So I, you know, right. I figured you'd be fine with that. So yeah. So that worked. Okay. All right. Well, five questions. All right. Here we go. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me? For? I don't know. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And may God have mercy on your soul.
All right. So our five questions, if you have not listened before five questions, we come up each week, we come up with about five questions that are loosely based uh, sometimes on the movie that we're talking about. So uh, I may just completely pull something that is very, very, very lightly related to the movie that we're talking about. Maybe somebody said a word in the movie and I decided to use that as a basis for a question. But uh, so five questions, we'll run through these real quick. Um, Number one, any crazy wedding stories, whether at your own wedding or one you've been to? That, that you can tell uh, in a family-friendly okay. way. That I can tell in a family-friendly way. Uh, well, let me see. Like, I mean, you know, my buddy, uh, my buddy Matt and I got married within the same like month. Um, okay. And actually, his wedding was like two weeks before mine, and it was funny because uh, his whole wedding. It was up in Minnesota. His whole wedding. Uh, you know, I was up there for a week because I was I was an usher in it. And anyway, his whole wedding was kind of like my bachelor party. If you could sum that up, sure. if, if, if that makes sense, it was just like one straight. Uh, and then so many of the people that were up at that wedding then came down for my wedding. So that was that was kind of a that was kind of a fun thing. So like a two week um, party. It was like a two week party. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the day of the wedding, uh, the day of the wedding, my some buddies and I went to a uh, Mongolian barbecue the morning of and just had a ton of great food and it was this place right over in buffalo grove it's gone now well it's not gone the, the restaurants since changed owners and everything but man i was going there uh just about every other day and uh yeah we went there the day of the wedding and they had like mongolian barbecue and they had like just three rows of of prepared stuff that you could you know dive into so that was that was a lot of fun and uh that was that was another good wedding memory i'm trying to think of of other kind of fun stuff that happened um you know, the, the reception was just, you know, a, a, a ton of fun. And uh, one of my friends, ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long came on. And one of my friends had this tradition of uh, his brother would always be the guitar and he would like play his bro- his brother would jump into his arms and like play him as the guitar. Well, his nice. brother wasn't at this wedding. So he looks at my buddy. My, this is Kevin. Uh, this is Kevin. Kevin is the guy I was just, you know, the reason that I love Wolverine is because of Kevin. Anyways, um, Kevin looked at uh, my friend Joe, who I met in in college. They didn't know each other at all. And he looks at him and he's just like, he's just like, how much do you weigh? And he tells him, he says, jump into my arms, jump into your, and ACD's like, it's just the song's kicking and it gets, so Joe subbed in as the guitar. And so the next thing is my buddy Kevin is standing on top of the table playing my buddy Joe as a guitar. Um, so that was, that was, that was kind of exciting. We had a shuttle bus just in case people didn't want to drive. You know, we had a shuttle bus. Um, you know, the last bus left at 11 o'clock, I think, to drop people off at the hotel. And somehow my my buddy conned them into waiting till like 1.30 in the morning or something. Um, uh, so, you know, that they had a shuttle bus. Somehow my buddy, like, can, you know, talked them into to, to, to shuttling into the wee hours of the night. So that was a pretty good time. Um, just, just fun stuff like that, man. I, if I'm going too off on my wedding, sorry, everybody, no, but, no. uh, yeah, so that was, that was a pretty good time I'm trying to think of any other, you know, fun wedding things. You know, we, we blocked out rooms at the hotel, you know, as you do. And that was close enough to, that was close enough to college because Tammy and I got married like a year after I graduated college. So, you know, we, you know, she had been out a couple of years before, so she was like an adult. I'm one year out of college, so I'm still like a kid. And so my friends came down and we had in the same block of rooms in the hotel, um, in the same block of rooms, we had like 
family that came in. And then right next door were like 14 people from college that decided to split the room, you know, piled into the room right next door. So, you know, we had fun stuff like that. And yeah, just, just good stuff. Just good stuff that happened at the wedding. It was, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Oh yeah, that was it. You know, and we had a a hotel we were going to stay at that night and they overbooked the room. And so we go walking in, Tammy's in her wedding dress. I'm in my, uh, in, in my tuxedo and we go walking into the hotel. Well, we're here for, and they, uh, they, we didn't have a room and they're like, we're really sorry. We overbooked and blah, blah, blah. So here's some strawberries, you know, coated in chocolate and here's some champagne. And we actually booked you into a hotel cross town and don't worry about, you know, we're really sorry and all that. And, um, it was like, oh, uh, okay. So out of the hotel, we walked in our wedding dress and tuxedo and all this kind of stuff. And we get into the car and drive across town. And uh, it was it was pretty funny because my folks, uh, I, I told my folks about it and I said, you're never going to believe what happened. Well, what? Well, I told them and uh, uh, my mom, my my mom didn't take too kindly to that. So uh, she called the next day to the hotel and uh, I, I think I'm keeping my fingers crossed. She was polite, um, but she actually got a hotel manager that was just about to get married. And the manager was just aghast that they had turned us away like you know, Tammy's in her dress and, I, mm-hmm. and she's like, I am so sorry. We are going to make that right. And here's a complimentary room that you can stay at for your anniversary. And we had food and vouchers. And I mean, it was like a, uh, it was like a, uh, you know, it all came good in the end. So that yeah. was a pretty good time. Nice. So that was a pretty good time. I can't think yeah, of it. I mean, so you asked my, for one, I'm sorry. And I gave you like 18, but no, you that's know, all right. that's fine. I apologize. That's fine. Um, nothing in particular crazy at our wedding. Like everything went really smoothly. There was nothing like, you know, everybody has some like story that, oh man, something went totally wrong or this happened. I, there was nothing I would call crazy at our wedding. And I, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of weddings, so mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything in particular, like crazy stories at a wedding. But, um, the fun part about our wedding was, uh, Sharon let me pick the music that we would walk into the reception nice. for, and, um, and I said, you know what? I will, it will be tasteful. Mm-hmm. And no one there, except for a couple of people, will know where this music is from. Okay. And it will it will sound very much like it's supposed to be a a wedding processional march kind of thing. Okay. And it was the uh, throne room finale music from uh, the first Star Wars. See, and things like that, John, are just outstanding. Yeah. And it, and and Bo uh, Bo was my best man. So as the music starts playing and they're announcing all the the you know bridesmaids and the groomsmen and everything else, he just looks at me and he goes, "Really." I said, yeah, really? <laughs> That's and, awesome. and it was great because everybody, everybody there just completely thought that this was like wedding music. And mm-hmm. I had a couple of friends that were there that they knew what it was. Bo knew what it was. Uh, Sharon's right. mom knew what it was. Sharon knew what it was. And, and so <laughs> everybody just looked at me going, okay, so it, it, you at least got that much in there. So nice right. job. Right. That's outstanding. Dude, John Williams composed your wedding march. I mean, that's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. That's very um, cool. The only other kind of crazy thing about the day was we had a horrible storm the, the morning of the wedding. So like overnight, horrible storm. Uh, and, and in fact, Bo was driving me to the church mm-hmm. from my house and we actually had to take several detours because there were uh, every road we tried to take to get there, uh, trees had fallen across the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had to take several different roads and, and wasn't really worried about running late because, you know, we were, we'd left early enough for it all to be fine. Um, Sharon re- ended up telling me that when she was trying to get her hair done in the morning, they, um, the power had gone out. And so they were doing, uh-huh. they were, they had gone into the bathroom where there was an emergency light. And right. So they were like doing everybody's hair by the emergency light in the bathroom. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing crazy, but just little stuff like that. And, but you know what? And everything worked out totally fine. Cause if you, if you see any of the wedding photos or stuff like you never would have known that there was this just massive, horrible storm that morning. You never would have known any of that. Uh, everything worked out perfectly fine. The outdoor photos were beautiful. It was, it was all good. Awesome. Awesome. You know, it's funny. You mentioned, um, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, storms and all that. So Tammy and I were going to my cousin's wedding. And this was still when I was back up in uh, Eau Claire for school. And so she came up and uh, then we were going to leave for Eau Claire and just drive over to Minnesota for my cousin's wedding. And this was one of those deals that if you show up late, you know, like Christmas cards might not arrive and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You know, it's like just they're on time. So anyway, the problem was there had been a bad storm. The the St. Croix had flooded. So there was no way to get from you couldn't get there from here kind of thing. And so I had we left with enough time to get there. Plenty of time. But I had to go so far north on uh, from Eau Claire to cross the, the I thought, was it the St. Croix or the Mississippi? I think it was the St. Croix. Anyways, had to go so far north to cross the river. I, we were going to be late. So I got on the road that basically, Tammy, was it the St. Croix or the Mississippi? Okay, I got to look at a map. I think it was the Mississippi. Anyways, okay. we got across the river and then we had to get on the road that like ran right next to the Mississippi, this winding road. Um, um this winding road right next to the Mississippi. And then I did the calculation. This was before, you know, civilians had GPS that would tell you exactly how many minutes and miles and all this kind of stuff. And then you could take your cell phone and call and say, well, I'm going to be there and here's our situation. And I did the calculation, like looking at the road signs and it was like, oh my God, I'm going to be late to the wedding. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm like, I'm coming from college and with my girlfriend. So no one's going to believe that we left early and this is not good. This is not good. And so I had to, uh, let's just say I had to, to, uh, get the car. I had to get the car going down the road at a pretty good rate of speed. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how fast I was going (laughs) simply because, um, it would sound like, uh, uh, braggadocio. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it would sound like I'm making something up, but let's just say, um, I had the speedometer pinned. Okay. And, uh, we were, we were, (laughs) we were in the triple digits for about, I would say about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Oh, okay. And, uh, and we were, we were cruising down the road pretty good. And so, like I said, I'm not going to get into specifics. And if you don't believe me, you are welcome to text my wife. Um, she's (laughs) sitting here right now. I could have her holler. Hey, Tammy was, am I, am I accurate or am I just telling fish stories here? Can you hear her? Did you not hear her? Okay. Yeah, we can hear (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's shaking her head saying it was accurate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she basically just grabbed onto the, uh, the dashboard and I said, I'm really sorry, Tammy. I know that this is possibly, you know, and she's just like, just shut up and pay attention to your driving <laughs> because I'm really scared right now. And mm-hmm. so she didn't move and we, we sailed down the road. I don't know how we didn't get pulled over. Um, because that quite possibly that, that might not have been speeding ticket. That might've been, that could have been like go to jail, right. uh, speed. And uh, so we get there and somehow, by the grace of the almighty, we get there uh, with five minutes to spare. OK. And mm-hmm. I, I jumped out of the car and I'm like, come on, Tammy, we've got to go, got to go, got to go. And my mom comes walking out and my family's there and they're like, where? And it was the where have you been? And this is do you realize what would happen? And da, 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 da. and my mom starts laying in me. Then she does a double take at Tammy. And at that, I think Tammy just starts to cry. I think she just broke down and started sobbing. And she goes, oh, my God. I don't know. And she goes, what is wrong with your wife? And I said, Ma, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 
there was nothing we could do. There were no bridges. I had to drive and I had to drive fast again. So Tammy was, Tammy was rattled for about an hour after that. And then, then, then things were okay and, and everything like that. But that was another, that was a, someone else's wedding. Uh, but that was, yeah, I got late and some, man, we made it there, you know, <laughs> but the, see, you were, it was the windy, it was the windy river road. So the mm-hmm. only way you could make some of those turns was if you use the oncoming lane to set up your turn. Mm-hmm cut in and then use the oncoming lane because the car was sli- was sliding. So, uh, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was an adventure. I get and the I, feeling I, was, I probably would have been crying too. Yeah, it was, it, we were cooking <laughs> down the road pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. And I, I mean, and let's be honest, I'm not a race car driver. So, you know, right. there was a certain element of danger there. Um, but that pales into comparison of what would have happened if I would have been late to the wedding. So, well, you know, I hate to say it, the ends justify the means. Also true. You know? Also true. So, all right. On memory. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I just got no, you're you know, good. telling stories. And, no, you know, that's, hey, that's why we're here. All right. All right. Question number two. If you could design your own groom's cake, what would it be? You're <sighs> talking like look, flavor, whatever you want. In this one, obviously, they had the armadillo. Yeah. And, and when it came time, and I, and I remembered <laughs> that, but when it came time for my wedding, I was so upset that I had completely forgotten about it. Oh, man. Because yeah. I, I would have totally done an armadillo too, or or something. But if you could design your own, if you were getting married, you know, in a, in a few weeks, and you could design your own groom's cake, and it could be anything you want, what would it be? Well, it'd probably have to have like a motorcycle on it, um, okay. or in the shape of a motorcycle, or something like that. You know, like a bride and groom on a motorcycle. Yeah. Or something, something like that. And then uh, it would have to, for me, it'd have to be an ice cream cake. I love okay. ice cream cakes. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. What about yourself? Okay. I, you know, in terms of the flavor, I have always loved, this is my dad's favorite kind of cake. This is what everybody, you know, always makes for me on my birthday. I love strawberry cake. Oh, good choice. Like I, I, I like strawberries. Now there's other times where I don't like strawberries. Like I don't like strawberry milkshakes. I don't like strawberry ice cream, uh, but I like actual fresh strawberries and I like strawberry cake. So that's every year of my birthday. We always, always do a strawberry cake. Um, so whatever the interior of the cake is, I, I probably would pick strawberry or maybe chocolate. Um, and actually, let me let me stop there for just a second because I think today, the day of our recording is is today your birthday? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yes. I, a, a little birdie. Well, actually, a a, a loud birdie. Um, I texted <laughs> I, a bunch of people and said he was trying to keep it quiet, but today is his birthday. Were you were you on that text? I've heard that from like eighteen people. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, happy, happy yeah. birthday. Hey, well, thanks, man. I'll, I'll sing you the same birthday song I used to sing to my students when it was the start of class and somebody's like, it's so-and-so's birthday today. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but we got to get going. Um, yeah. Like, okay, fine. So the birthday song was, this is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey. And then we move on with class. I like the birthday song. That's outstanding. So, that was our birthday song. We celebrate fast and let's get going. There you so go. happy birthday. Well, thank you. You are, uh, what are you, 29 again? Uh, 28. I like the even, I like the even numbers. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, happy birthday. It's I'm glad you're finally younger than me. Um, we do what we can. Yeah. So my groom's cake, I kind of narrowed it down. I I wrote down three different things and I'm not sure which one I would take over the other. Um, one of them, I went with millennium Falcon. Yes. If I could have a cake shaped like the millennium Falcon, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I figured too, as I was thinking about the ideas, I was like, well, what would be, what would be easy enough to cut? Because I could do a Death Star cake, but being a giant round ball, I feel like that's going to be tough to cut. 
So yeah. Millennium Falcon, a little flatter, a little bigger. You know, that's a little mm-hmm. bit easier. The other one I thought of was a cake shaped like the uh, Rocketeer jetpack. That would be cool. That could be a lot of fun. The one I think I would go with, though, because I think it would look the craziest. Yeah. Is and, and I don't know how they do it. So anybody who makes cakes or knows people who make cakes and desserts and whatnot can can uh, write us in and tell us a little bit more about this. Um, those people that decorate crazy cakes and make the like the sugar that looks like crystal. That's fondant, I think. Well, is it fondant? It's the like it's the transparent. It's like the sugar. Oh, they make it no, look like that's... like almost like crystalline. OK, OK. Yeah. Almost like it's glass. Um, so if, if I could get somebody to do that, I would have a cake made that looks like uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Oh, that would be awesome. And that would be awesome. So that if I could so get cool. that, I would do that. That would that's that'd be the one I'd go with. That's awesome. That's great, man. Hey, so, you know, it's funny you're talking about cakes. The guy that did the cake at our I'm, I'm talking edit a bunch of this stuff out. No, but no, anyways, the guy this that is did a the podcast, we're supposed to talk. The guy that did the cake at our wedding um, was was a phenomenal uh, baker. He was he was outstanding. And what he could what the, the guy was like an artist. Well, he was an artist. I mean, it was it was great. And the cake was delicious. Um, was a, he was a good friend of Tammy's uh, of my father-in-law's of Tammy's dad's growing up together. And it's it's very unfortunate. He's since passed. Um, he's passed on. And, and that's kind of a sad sad thing but my gosh he was gifted um but we got down there to taste all the cakes and all of a sudden tammy's like hey check this one out and she hands over the catalog because how do i say it he would do a whole bunch of cakes with adult themes oh okay in addition to regular wedding cakes and birthday Mm -hmm. cakes and all the that was like this was there was like the the adult section so more like the bachelor slash bachelorette party cake Oh, John, I started looking at these and I don't even know. I don't know what you would use these cakes for. I don't know why you would want these cakes. I, I have to be honest. There were some of them that it was like, wow, that's really good. And I I don't know if I'm hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I want to be eating. I, well, OK, we're just going to let that all just. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so that was kind of the thing. Is no, I was I, I was embarrassed looking at this catalog next to my soon-to-be mother and father-in-law. I'm like, are you kidding? My and my father was like, yep, that's he gets a lot of business for that. It was like, well, well, alrighty then, okay. Well, it's it's kind of like Tom Skerritt's line in this movie when uh, Weezer cuts him the tail end of the armadillo and hands it to him. <laughs> yes. And he says, I do love a good piece of. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or, or nothing oh, like man. a good piece of yeah. And that's and you know I'm just gonna say the one-liners in this movie were fantastic. I think the one-liners oh, yeah. in this movie would rival just about anything, any other movie that we can put up there. I think the one-liners would give it a run. I, they yeah. were outstanding. Well, and so many, and and that's you know coming up in in question number four here in a second is the southernisms. So mm-hmm. many, I mean, and that's that's where this movie takes place. That's these people. That's the way they talk. Just the the southernisms that you just don't you don't hear really anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Just these crazy sayings that you just you'd sit there and be like who came up with that yeah like how who was the first person you know some like oh what was that i'm trying to oh we'll get to that in a second but i was like trying to think of some of the ones my grandparents used to say and it's like you know uh nervous as a cow on on ice or something like that i'm like wait when why would it huh yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i will get we'll get to that in a second though question number three what's your favorite or, or what's the best in your opinion sally field role um, my gut would be Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. I didn't know if anybody else was going to go with that, because that's my answer. Okay. But, I'll, but well, I will leave you with your answer, and I will say Forrest Gump. I thought okay. she was outstanding in Forrest Gump. 
I, I wrote down my three that I wrote down were this movie, Steel Magnolias, okay. Forrest Gump, and Smokey and the Bandit. And then as well, I thought more and more about it, I'm like, you know what? But my favorite out of all of those is Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. Well, it's funny, John. You and I are of a kind because that was going to be the last thing I was going to say was, but um, you know, maybe I'm getting old in my old age, but it's like she was pretty fantastic in this. So yeah. I'm I'm right there right there with you. Okay. All right. We're on the same page here. Yeah. All right. So number four, favorite Southernisms, either from this movie or one that you've heard somewhere else. Uh, John, why don't you take it away, man? I haven't, uh, I, I don't know if I've got, I don't know if I've got many that are like popping and coming to mind and all that kind of stuff. So you, you take it away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just any of the, any of those things, like half of the stuff Dolly Parton says in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, oh, what was it? Um, there's so much static electricity in this room. I pick up everything but boys and money. Yes. Or, yes. you know, even even just some of those, like some of the ones that are not even in this movie, but some that like people look at me funny when I say them. And and I say that, you know, having I, I was born in Texas. So obviously I have family that, you know, was from Oklahoma, from Kansas, from Missouri, from Texas, from Tennessee, from all those different spots. And so at different points of time, you sit around, you listen to those older relatives talk and they just use these phrases that you're just like, where did that even come from? Like, what mm-hmm. does that even mean? Yeah. And there are so many of those that just, they must've just gotten stuck in my head as a kid that I still use them now. And, and, you know, I mean, living up here in Chicago, people look at me a little funny when I say some of them. Yeah. Like some of them are like, I, and I always say, and, and I've heard people say this too. So it's, it's, I don't think it's just a Southern thing, but I will constantly say, uh, you know, if, if it's a busy day, I'm like, I'm running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Okay. Okay. But the first few times I said that up around here, people were like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm busy. It's a crazy day. Oh, okay. What was the chicken thing? Like, <laughs> Have you, you ever wait, seen a chicken with its head cut off? I was like, you, you haven't heard that? No, no, I haven't heard it. All right. All right. Okay, cool. Or like, you know, nervous as a nervous as a long tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Okay. Like stuff like that. But I mean, this is stuff that growing up, I heard this stuff all the time. And right. occasionally I will use it kind of in my own speech, you know, just as I'm talking and it and it's completely unconscious. It, like it's not I'm not planning yeah. to say it, it just comes out. Um but then just some other weird stuff that like I've even tried to look up some things that, that phrases that my grandparents or great uncles or or other people used to say. I have no clue what they were talking about or where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Like we, I remember we were talking one time. It was the first time that we, uh, first time that uh, Sharon came with me, came with our family to go visit down in Missouri uh, to see our family down there. And, and Oh dear Lord, we, we got there. Like we had this, this 10 hour car ride. We got there, we got out, we were at my grandparents' house and uh, my uncle Bud and his wife, you know, lived across the street and so they came over too, and and everybody just sitting around talking. And and Sharon is very this very sweet girl who's from Northern Illinois, sitting around listening to these Southwest Missouri people talking, and and I don't even know what they're like. They they just go into these conversations, and and my uncle Bud is like, well, you know, a lot of the kids were uh, a lot of the kids are born in November because you know February's cold and you don't always have heat, so you got to do something to stay warm and. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, because I, I was probably like 16 at the time, maybe, oh my maybe gosh. 16, 17. I'm just like, oh, please. Oh, this is not, this is okay. not what I want. And the, the same time I, and to this day, I have no clue 
what he was talking about, but he was talking, I think he was talking about his mother or some other like family member, like way back in time. And he said, yeah, she done, you know, she's picking something up and, and, uh, done, uh, done stretch too hard and done broke her pucker string <laughs> to this day. Like I'm, I'm afraid to Google it. I don't know what a pucker string is. Oh my gosh. I, I apologize to our Southern listeners. If I'm saying something that's not family friendly or appropriate, but yeah. I have no clue. Whatever a pucker string is, that relative almost broke it. And we, so, we can't probably look on Urban Dictionary because I'm guessing Urban Dictionary would not help with that. No, if, if there's a, if there's a, like, you know, Farmer's Dictionary or Southern Dictionary, yeah. then that'd be totally fine. My favorite one, one of my favorite ones, though, is, um, is uh, when it rains really hard down in Texas. Mm-hmm. And this last time, I, I almost, I almost put it up on Facebook just to see, I was going to say like, uh, I was going to put it up there and see if anybody who knew me on Facebook could translate what I was saying or what was going on. When I was down in Texas a few weeks ago, the the first day I was there, I was only there, you know, I'd only gotten off the plane a few hours before and it just started to pour down rain, just mm-hmm. pour rain. Like the streets just were, the water was just flowing through the streets. It was coming down so hard and so fast. And in Texas, when you have a, a heavy downpour like that, they call it a turd floater. <laughs> oh, and I was like, Gosh. And, and I know that I've mentioned that before up around here oh, and, and people just gosh. look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I thought, and I thought, should I take my phone? Should I maybe not even snap a picture? Maybe it's like my first status update on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, just arrived in Texas, arrived in Texas, just in time for a turd floater and then see if people want to try to translate that and see what I'm talking about. That's outstanding. I chose not to, cause it's like, well, I, I'm friends on Facebook with the pastor of my church. So maybe let's not put that up, you know, just in case I'm right. sure he'd know what it is. You know, he's, he's been around the country and you know, yeah. he, I'm, I'm sure he knows plenty of people in the South, but I'm like, yeah, yeah let's, let's maybe skip that for now. But um, that's awesome. so that was, that was one that I was going to use uh, earlier. My favorite one though, that I think I, I end up using all the time um, is anytime that my kids or somebody says, well, but if, if I get to do this, then, or if, if I want, I want to do this. And if, if you let me do this, then I'll do this or, or, but, 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 so every time they say if or, but, Oh, I know that I always, this is my, my grandfather's one. He'd say all the time, say, you know, if ifs and buts were candied nuts, what a Merry Christmas it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've heard I, that I'm one. constantly using that one. Um, I, but yeah, I, there's just, there's just so many that you just hear over the course of sitting around, a sitting around a campfire with, with family or just sitting in the living room as everybody's just sitting around talking and yeah. And I wonder if that, you know, I wonder how much of that would be kind of more, even more like rural America. Too. Right. It's, it won't, it's not necessarily Southern because there'd be plenty of times, you know, even up here in like rural Illinois, there's plenty of, plenty of, you know, turns of phrases just like that. Yeah. Cause my mom grew up right on the, the edge of the prairie in Minnesota mm-hmm. and yeah. small town, you know, small town farmers and all that kind of stuff. And Heck, my grandfather was a, a farm implement dealer uh, for a time, and there's a couple of those. If 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 and what was it? If ands and if if ifs if, and, if buts, and buts, candy yeah. nuts. Yes, I've I've heard that one before. Um, the whole running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Um, yeah, I, so there's a couple of those that I'm like, I've heard that stuff before. So yeah, it is. It's just a different way of 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 speaking, and it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So. Good times. Yeah. There was another one. What is this? Um, I feel like this is one I've heard my one of my grandfathers or one of my older uncles say. Um, 
He squeezes a quarter. If somebody's cheap, he squeezes a quarter so tight you can hear the eagle scream. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. I, yeah. Just, just phrases like that. Just stuff like that. Or, you know, just, cra- yeah, just crazy stuff to that half the time, if you say them up around, if you say them up around the suburbs or a city, yeah. people are not going to. And I bet if you went to Texas or went to one of those other places and you tried to talk that way in the city, they would look at you funny there, too. So. Right. Right. Definitely kind of like the small town thing. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. But a turd floater. So now you know what a turd floater is. I know what a turd floater is, man. And so that is going to feel free to I'm, use that. That's I'm it's not introducing that. It's not like copy. It's not copyrighted by the state of Texas. So you feel free to use it. And, and I'm sure other other states probably use it, too. But I have a book somewhere. I think I inherited it from my dad's library collection. That was uh, Texas slang. OK. And it's just full of all kinds of fun stuff. That's that's good. That's outstanding. All right. Um, so let's go with, uh, we got question number five here now. Uh, what movie death hits you the hardest? Uh, I'm going to say, a, I'm gonna say I, this is a tough one. This one's, this one was a hard one in this movie. Okay. That's not my answer, but it was this, this one in this movie was a tough one to watch. I have been thinking about this question all day. Um, all day. And, uh, <sighs> I, so I'm going to say my dilemma and then I'm going to let you answer. Here's my dilemma. So many of the movie deaths that the, the kind of movies that I see, okay, and really enjoy, usually the movie deaths, I don't want to say get glossed over, but they get spun in a manner that it's like, well, the story goes on or, you know, <laughs> the character makes a comeback or, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's. It's it's um it's not it, it it doesn't quite have the sadness piece. Mm-hmm. Now I will so so okay, so I'm gonna put that caveat in there. Um and I would say that, you know, I, I would think a lot of, of war movies or uh, and and I'll say it in terms of um um as opposed to like action movies, you know, saving private Ryan and we were soldiers as opposed to commando kind of thing. Um, I would say anytime you see the death in that, which you see quite frequently, that hits really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that just, I find very hard to watch. Um, and not, not just because of like the graphic quality, but because of, uh, uh of the emotional impact and the, and the, the basis very much in, in reality. So that would be my general one. That being said, um, I'm kind of at a loss in terms of uh, uh, of it. So I, I, I'll, I'll stick with my thing. You go ahead and throw yours out there. Who are you going to put down? Well, this was not one of my original ones, but I was reminded today that I think today was the day that uh, Transformers, the movie, was released in 1986. Yep, yep. So Optimus Prime. Obviously, that was a big one as a kid. Um, I would say for me, I, I wrote down three of them. And the funny thing was, for me, they all were movies. That's not to say that it doesn't hit me today as an adult, but all three of the ones I wrote down were ones I watched as a kid. Okay. And, and two of the three that I wrote down are actually cartoons. Okay. So I thought, Oh, well, that's kind of interesting that that's the first thing that my mind went to in that. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm maybe, I'm, and I'm going to try to do these in order. Uh, so of my three, number three would be the land before time when Littlefoot's mom dies. Okay. That's always a tough one. When she kind of, I think she's kind of fighting off the, uh, the T-Rex so that he can escape. 
and then she ends up not making it and he talks to her you know right before she right before she you know passes on mm-hmm. um number two on my list was uh spock dying at the end of star trek 2 mm-hmm. and i think that again just kind of the emotional piece of you've got he's talking to him about you know you you have been and always shall be my friend and just that whole back and forth between the two of them and and just how they're you know these friends that have spent years together and and just that conversation um but interestingly enough and i may it may just be because we went to go see the newer version of this movie just a couple days ago um when mufasa dies in lion king mm-hmm. like and i think that part in particular another one i would have added in honorable mention would be like everybody's deaths at the end of rogue one um yeah. you know that's always a that's always a tough one but uh, the lion king one i think just because of the way the whole thing goes down and you know that he was trying to save his son and and you know he ends up getting killed and then just the way that the the way that the characters the way that the the you know when simba little simba tries and and tries to go wake him up like thinking that he's just asleep tries to wake him up and and he won't wake up because he's obviously not going to not going to wake up um that i remember that as a kid just that hitting me pretty hard and then even seeing it in the new version um, I'll still take the, the animated version over this new one any day, but, uh, even in this one, it was still, that's, you know, that, that's a tough scene to watch. Mm-hmm. So, so those are mine. Uh, good choices, good choices. And yeah, they, those are, those are definitely emotional ones. Uh, especially the Lion King one. Uh, no, I, I agree right there. And that one, that one still gets me pretty good. Um, the whole, uh, uh, uh Spock and Wrath of Khan, Yes, I totally agree. I mean that that is just and just a beloved character and and the way that whole scene evolves and and is just pretty pretty powerful. The only thing I stumble with is that I know he comes back. Right. And so that's kind of the problem with you know, and that's why I mean I hate to be that guy with the whole um okay, I'm going to talk about Avengers spoilers. Mhm. But I remember getting into it with Dennis a little bit about talking about uh, Endgame and Infinity War, and he was talking about, you know, the various emotional impacts. And and I remember him saying, you know, well, come on. okay. and again, I'm doing again, I'm doing spoilers for Infinity War. If you have not seen Infinity War, turn down the microphone Mm -hmm. or the speaker. But I remember Dennis said, well, man, with Spider-Man, right? Didn't that hit you? And I'm like, well, it, it didn't quite hit me that hard. He goes, well, how could that not hit you that hard? And I said, well he signed for like a couple more movies. So they're going to probably bring him back in the next one. And he mm-hmm. goes, Oh, for crying out loud, Pat. I mean, you know, he, well, crying out loud. That's not what he says. That's like a, mm-hmm. so, but, but, right. but imagine Dennis, he was kind of at his throw up his hands with me because of what I was just like, ah, it didn't, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's my struggle with a lot of the movies I see is that they find a way to bring, bring him back. But I'll tell you though, the movies you mentioned were right on uh, another one. And I'm not, I'm not too big of a guy to mention this, but uh, the movie Titanic, I really, mm-hmm. uh, when that movie came out, I was taken with that. And yeah, the love story between uh, uh, Kate and Jack was definitely, um, you know, you were just thought, man, if she could just, you know, okay, spoilers again for Titanic, everyone, the ship sinks. Uh, but I mean, it's like, can't you just scoot over on the door and give him a little room to get out of the, well, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, the ones that really hit me in that movie were, and I want to say Mazuka and I talked about this too, the old couple laying in bed, just like, we're not going to survive this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, you see the water coming in. And the one that I really, um, the one that I really uh, uh, get pretty emotional about too is, is the mother, um, you know, they, they're locked below decks and the mother with the two kids. 
Right. And just, you know, I, I just, um, you know, that's, that's, I, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, that one, that really, in that movie, that's the, the hard part of that, watching that movie um, is just, is just seeing, you know, imagine, well, real people, like, how are you going to handle this? Um, that's, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but I'll put in my number one slot and, uh, you, you kind of reworked some of the questions here. So, but I'm still going to find my way to be able to talk about this movie. Um, Top Gun, I'll say, uh, <laughs> I'll say the goose scene, um, mm-hmm. where, where he hits his head on the canopy with the, with the ejection. Yeah. Uh, and that was probably the first one I saw as a kid too. Cause I saw Top Gun pretty early on as a kid. And, uh, I remember, I think that was the first time that I saw a movie where, you know, um, someone died and they showed it and then, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of thing. And I still watch that and I just, you know, you just, and it's got all the angles, you know, a father, a husband, a friend, you know, and all that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. that the, the, the is death and Top Gun was probably the one that really, that really hits me. Okay. You know, so. and as you, as you were talking about that, I, I completely thought of another one that I had forgotten about, What's that? um, was when Amadeus dies at the end of the Amadeus movie. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's when he and Salieri are are trying to finish the the requiem that he's writing, and um, you know, then his wife and son arrive home, and you know, he's just kind of you you think he's just resting there, and he is at first, just he looks exhausted, and then all of a sudden you just hear his wife just repeat his name over and over again, and he's not moving, and and mm-hmm. and he's done. So that that's kind of another one too that I remember, and and watched that one as a kid too, and that was something yeah. that kind of stuck with me from from that point on. Yeah. Well, I didn't oh, mean God, to end the show on. I didn't mean to end the show on a down note, but you know. well, I, but how did you know what? I here's another one. How did we not think of like either? Okay, spoilers, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Braveheart or yeah. Gladiator. I mean, those two movies. I mean, you look at that, and that's just like, oh, you know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, that's all right. Well, would this might end on a down note, but you know what? Next week we got Ghostbusters. So got Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. What do you too. want? <laughs> Ghostbusters, what do you want? Um, so that's going to do it for our five questions. That's going to do it for Steel Magnolias. Uh, if you want to go check out our website, 30podcast.com, that's going to have all of our episodes uh, that you can go check out. And then at 30podcast on Twitter, the voicemail line, 872-356-6843, if you want to give that a call. And I'm going to apologize right now. I, with family coming in, everything else got super crazy. I completely forgot to put your voicemail in for the Fabulous Baker Boys. Don't worry about it, man. So you went, you called in, you recorded, you know, you did your due diligence. So do you want to real quick, just tell us kind of what was your, you know, in a, like a minute or two, what was your, what was your feedback on uh, fabulous Baker boys? Fabulous, fabulous Baker boys was fabulous. It was really a great movie. I thought it was cool that they had two brothers that could play two brothers on screen. I thought the story, uh, you know, the story was kind of what is what it was, you know, about you, you had the one brother and well, they were, you know, the piano players and the one brother was like the very, almost like in the movie rounders. He was like a grinder. He would just go, I'm going to do the job. Very good musician, but I'm doing this to support a family. I'm doing this to support, you know, a a lifestyle. You know, I, I need this money. I needed to live. The other brother was kind of the dreamer, the one that was okay living the bohemian kind of lifestyle and going out. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to expand his art form kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, so you have this kind of tension between the two of them, um, not in, in a negative way, but just, you know, just different outlooks on life and what you have with brothers and competition anyways. And then um, 
uh, you throw into the mix Michelle Pfeiffer, who did her own vocals, according to what I read. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. dang, she can sing. That's pretty awesome. And you show, throw her in there, and then that kind of upsets the apple cart a little bit. And so you had a fun story. Fantastic music. Um, fantastic music. And it had, you know, little touches of of being in the music biz kind of thing. And so, yeah, I really, I really loved it. And I thought the, the, uh, one of the best scenes, one of the, my favorite scenes is when, she, uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer character who just loves jazz music is cranking the, um, music in their hotel room. And, and the older brother, the Bow Bridges character is just worried about being kicked out of the hotel. And he says, this isn't going to work if you got the entire Harry James orchestra playing next door. But the song that she was playing wasn't the Harry James Orchestra. It was Perdido as performed by the Duke Ellington Orchestra. And mm -hmm. the, the Jeff Bridges character, when he says, yeah, she's got the entire Harry James Orchestra playing next door, he just kind of just says, yeah, that or the Ellington Orchestra, you know, just kind of calling them mm -hmm. out on. I, I just thought that that was just a fun little attentive attention to detail um, piece that was uh, that was in the movie. So, yeah, it was yeah. A, a great flick that I hadn't really even heard of before and was a, was a very fun find. So, yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah, I the I was going to say the only thing that could have made it better, you said it was great that they got brothers that could actually play brothers. Only thing that might have made it better was if Jeremy Irons could have played both brothers. That you know what that that would have been great. <laughs> and then they could have mutilated the Michelle Pfeiffer character uh -huh. and all the critics would have given it 110% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. because that's that's what we need for it to be a good movie. There are some movies we've done on this podcast that are just going to stick with us forever. Yeah. Good or bad. It, we're we're not going to forget them. Yeah, it sticks with us mm -hmm. like a venereal mm -hmm. disease. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, our next episodes, uh, we'll run down the next couple of months here. Um, so from now until, uh, let's go through October. Uh, our lineup for our movies is next week we're going to be doing Ghostbusters 2. Uh, mm -hmm. This month is kind of our, I'm going to say like death month, life and death month. So right. we obviously had the the you know heavy topic of the death that was in this movie um then we've got ghostbusters 2 we've got weekend at bernie's and we've got always uh okay. we also got all dogs go to heaven and then uh we've got the little mermaid honey i shrunk the kids little monsters okay and then coming up in october we've got a uh, and and i i would imagine that none of us have seen this movie before because it's a it seems to be a fairly obscure australian horror movie um a movie called celia I was going to start us off for October, and then Pet Cemetery, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Leviathan, and Shocker. And then if we're able to, uh, kind of around this time uh, in September, October, there's also going to be It Chapter 2, the Joker movie is coming out at the beginning of October, and then Zombieland Double Tap will be coming out in mid-October. So if we're able to see those in the theater, we might do episodes on those as well, but that's kind of our lineup for the next couple months. Um, so that's where we're headed. So, Pat, thank you for being here. Um, we're going to see everybody back here next week for Ghostbusters 2. All right. We'll be here for that one. But thank you for being here tonight. Thank you, John. All right. Everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next week for Ghostbusters 2.